Hello, and welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. Our messages are designed to help teach and equip you on your journey to lead people to follow Christ. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage you, no matter where you are on your journey towards Christ. If you have questions, want to talk, or want to learn more about Summit, visit us at summitniles.com. Thanks for listening. I'm glad that you're joining us here at Summit Church today. My name's Dan. I'm one of the pastors that serve here. It's a privilege to serve you and to share God's Word this morning. If you're here in the worship center or you're joining us online, we're glad to have you with us. It's good to be together. Take your Bibles, if you will. You can open them up or turn them on. Join me in locating the New Testament and the book of James, chapter 1. That's our text for this morning. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there may be one near you, under the seat in front of you. While you find James, James chapter 1, let me, let me just remind you of, of how we give. And one of those ways is Operation Christmas Child that is on its way. We partner with churches um, all over the country in Operation Christmas Child. It is packing a shoebox of supplies and gifts, things that a child may need that gets shipped to another country they get delivered at Christmas time so we're working on them uh, during this next month and then they'll be sent out along with churches across the country that are are, are pre- preparing these shoe boxes in each box though not only do they get a gift and some much needed uh, things that that make their life better but they also get uh, we celebrate the fact that they get the gift of the gospel. Uh, the greatest gift anyone can ever have is the good news of the gospel. And so in each box, uh, every child in their language are uh, recipients of, of the gospel. So we're grateful for that. Also, just thank you, Summit Church, for giving in so many ways. You're a generous church. Um, our reach into our community and around the world is carried out because of the regular giving of, of offerings, tithes and offerings here. We, we, don't, we don't give because we must, we give because we trust. We trust in, in God's word, He's, He leads us to do that. We walk in obedience, we, we trust in God's provision over our lives. And by the way, um, if you're a guest with us here today, there's no expectation that, that you give. If you have a home church, that's where you ought to give. But if you're a guest here today, we just welcome you here. There's no obligation to give. Um, but if you are a guest, um, let me just especially welcome you. And if you w- would take a minute and fin- fill out a connection card there in the seat backs in front of you, a little red card, red and white card, fill that out, and you can drop those at the connection center or there's boxes um, at, the, uh, at the entrances and the exits. That would just give us a chance to uh, send a note of greeting to you, also a free gift that you can pick up the next time you're here. We want you to know you're important to our family. And so just thank you for, for being here today. Last week, we started a sim- sermon series, a new sermon series from the book of James. And we're, we're going to be doing an exegetical run. We're going to just take it as it comes. And uh, in the author's own words, uh, directed, inspired by God's Holy Spirit, uh, he, he wrote, James wrote a letter to uh, a church to help them walk out their faith. And today, this text is, is important to us and written to us, even as much as it was to the original readers. James chapter 5, and our text this morning is verses 5 through 8. So follow along with me. James 5, verses 
Um, James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, and we're talking today about wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So that's the text that we're looking at this morning. Maybe you've heard of knowledge, the knowledge doubling curve. It, there's, a, there's a concept known as the knowledge doubling curve. It's measured by the time that um, it takes the, the amount of knowledge in our world to, to double. So thanks to smartphones and television and all kinds of modern conveniences, satellites, internet, our knowledge uh, is, is doubling faster than ever. For example, it took centuries previously for information to double in ancient history, and, and it's evident by how, how little things changed um, from one year to the next. Only a few discoveries compared to what happens today. For thousands of years, for example, transportation was, was limited to, to walking and then um, you know, maybe horses or boats or wagons, just basic forms of, of transportation. But then in, in, in a couple centuries' time, it's gone from horse and wagon to a walking on the moon, right? And airplanes and, and bullet trains and nuclear submarines and, and who knows what's next. I, I grew up watching the Jetsons, you know, on Saturday mornings. And I'm thinking, you know, one of these days we're all going to get little hovercrafts and we get to just buzz around. But I've seen some of you drive. It kind of scares me to think about that. But <laughs> Buckmeister Fuller, how many of you know Buckmeister Fuller? Yeah, he's somebody that we, yeah, some, some people do. Now, that's amazing. Um, in his book, Critical Path, he wrote in 1982, he describes the knowledge doubling curve. He, he know, he'd explained that new knowledge, which had doubled every century, you know, up to the 1900s, um, is now estimated to double every 18 months. For the 1900s, accumulation of knowledge doubled every century. By the end of World War II, it was every 25 years. And then after that, it doubled every 18 months. Now we measure the doubling um, of information rate by the day or by the hour. In fact, some say the volume of knowledge is doubling every 12 hours. Doubling every 12 hours. You would think with all that knowledge that as a world, uh, we would be uh, maybe <laughs> a lot better off than we are. Here's the problem. It is possible to have all kinds of knowledge and yet not know wisdom. Wisdom. There's a shortage of wisdom these days. So I want to talk this morning about wisdom, and we'll start first with talking about the shortage of wisdom. So what is all this technology and information really done for us? We still struggle with war and poverty and greed and disease and corruption and prejudice and immorality and human trafficking and all kinds of things. Um, and, and that's not even 
when it comes to wisdom. That's not even including the sinful issues that um, we, we wage war with in our own hearts and minds. Human knowledge and information and learning only take us so far, if, if that's as far as it goes. Great inventions are being made in our world today. The most profound questions and problems of life, though, can only be answered by the one who brought us um, and, our world, and our world into being. You have to move beyond information and look for wisdom that can only be found in God. We are at a shortage of wisdom in the world. The kind of world that you and I are living in, the nature of the problems that you and I face every day, makes it necessary to, along with our knowledge that is doubling every 12 hours, we need to add wisdom. We need the wisdom of God. And we need to know the difference between knowledge and wisdom. There's a lot of knowledge in our day, as we've talked about. We live in a day when information explodes, mountains of data, a lot of knowledge. But, and in fact, there are a lot of people who are educated well, probably most of us are educated beyond our level of obedience, unfortunately. We need wisdom. So let me just talk about a couple of definitions. We begin to understand the difference between knowledge and wisdom. We need wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge correctly. So there's a difference between knowledge and having wisdom. Some people think they're the same. They're not. You see, knowledge is learned can I say it this way? Knowledge is learned. Wisdom is earned. And even that's not quite right. Um, wisdom really is given. True wisdom is given. There are a lot of smart people who are very foolish. A person may have lots of knowledge but not have wisdom. The age of the internet, knowledge is abundant. Wisdom is rare. Knowledge you can gain from studying. Wisdom comes from um, from God and understanding His Word. Knowledge comes by looking around. Wisdom comes by looking up. Knowledge will fail you. Wisdom never will. We need wisdom. I thought this was pretty good. The wisdom, sometimes the little ones can, can give us wisdom. I read a story about a Sunday school teacher who asked her class uh, about Jonah. You know the story of Jonah who was uh, in a called by God to go to Nineveh, and he decided he was going to go his own way, and so he takes off on a boat to Tarshish, and, and a big storm comes up, and, and you know, the fellow people on the boat looked at him and said, listen, what is the problem here? And he admitted it was him, and they threw him overboard. He got swallowed by a great fish. And so the teacher had taught all of this um, to the students, and, and she looked at the, the kids, and she said, so what, what is it that we can learn? What's the wisdom that we get from the book of Jonah? And a well well-meaning eight-year-old little boy put up his arm. He said, listen, here's the wisdom. Travel by air. <laughs> Take a plane. <laughs> uh, wisdom. I read another story about an employee who um, was talking to uh, a friend of his about all the stress that he was under at work. Oh, it was just terrible. Um, he had migraines. He said, the, everything the stress the boss has put me under is just killing me. My blood pressure is going through the roof. I can't sleep at night. I just found out that I have an ulcer. As long as I stay at this job, the, the only question is um, not when, but if I'm going to have a stroke or a heart attack. And, and um, uh, his friend turned and looked at me. He goes, well, um, why don't you just quit? If it's that bad, why don't you just quit? And uh, the employee said, well, you know, at the job I have great health insurance. 
<laughs> Where's the wisdom? Where's the wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to make good decisions based on knowledge. So there is a lack of wisdom. There's a shortage of wisdom. I want to talk for a minute about the supply or the source of wisdom. What does the Bible say about the source of wisdom? The source of wisdom is God. James declares that wisdom is available from God. Do you see it in verse 5? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. That the source of wisdom is God. And again, what is wisdom? Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. So let's add to our understanding or definition of wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. Wisdom is practical insight into the ways of God. In the Old Testament, Moses said, God, show me, show me your way. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 7 it's an interesting verse it says this he made known his ways to Moses and he made his deeds known to the people of Israel he knew his ways to Moses and his deed his deeds to the people of Israel there were a couple different levels of of understanding there identified in that verse you see Moses knew the ways of God the people merely saw the deeds of God there's a, div, a big difference between knowing something and merely seeing something. Moses knew the ways of God. The people saw what God was doing. Moses knew why God was doing it. The people just knew that he did it. They had knowledge, but, but Moses had wisdom. He had an understanding. Show me your ways. And he made known his ways to Moses, merely his deeds to the people of Israel. Wisdom is understanding the ways of God. It's seeing life from God's point of view. It's practical insight into the ways of God. Now watch this. In that story of the, the people of Israel, they followed Moses through the wilderness. For 40 years they were there. They left Egypt. They were in the Exodus. They, they left Egypt and they, they asked the Egyptians to supply them, to give them things that, that they might need along the way. And so then they, they crossed you know, the Red Sea and everything was, was well. Um, and, and indeed... Um, when, when they were out there, they, in, in those 40, 40 years, there was, a, there was a test of sorts. In fact, James, interesting, I think it's, it's tied together. He's talking about, in those earlier verses here in chapter 1, about the testing of your faith. In one sense, the, the people of Israel were, were being tested. Um, and the people of Israel, you, you might look at what happened there and you say, listen, they flunked big time. A whole generation of them blew it. You see, the story is of how for those 40 years, they, they murmured, what should have taken them just a few days ended up taking them 40 years to get through the desert to the point where uh, eventually uh, Joshua and Caleb led them to the promised land through the Jordan River. But God would bless them and they were fine. And then they hit a hard spot and they would lose it in short order. They, all they could see was what God was doing. They, did, they didn't understand the greater, the wisdom of, of, of everything that God was doing. They went through the, the Red Sea, for example, on dry ground all as well. They're singing the praise of Moses, and, and everything was fine. And, and then you know what? <laughs> they ran out of garlic, and they ran out of onion, and they started complaining. They said, listen, you know, I like garlic with my goat. 
you know, I, I like mint with my, with my meat. And they started complaining. They, they were fussing about all that. They, all they knew was that God was, was doing, they never understood why God did it. They saw the acts of God, but they never knew the ways of God. They lacked that insight, that wisdom. Wisdom is knowing the ways of God. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. We need wisdom in our world today to take what we know and help us interpret the world that we live in. It helps us to live out our faith. We need wisdom. So what about you? Can you think of a time or a situation when you needed something more than logic or intellect? And oftentimes I hear people talk about common sense and the fact that it's not too common, apparently, from time to time. But even beyond common sense, we're talking about wisdom. This supersedes knowledge. It supersedes uh, something that we know or learn. It, it supersedes uh, even common sense. There's, there's, a, there's an understanding of wisdom that, that, that you understand the backstory so you can interpret what's happening up front. It's knowing the ways of God. Reading through the letter of James, you can see that these new believers in the early church were going through some difficult times. They needed greater wisdom. They needed God's perspective on their situation. In fact, if you, if you push forward in James chapter 3, verses 13 and following, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, uh, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from the Father, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So it seems like there's even a couple different kinds of wisdom. There's, there's this worldly wisdom that says, here's how you ought to do things. He said, listen, that's not at all the wisdom of God. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom, watch this, that comes from heaven is first of all pure and peace-loving and considerate and submissive and full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That is the kind of wisdom that we need in our world. It's one of the overarching themes of the book of James. Here's the thing about James that I love. He, he, what, he, what he, there's a theme that continues, multiple themes, but one of the things that goes through the book of James is that if you know Christ, if you are a fully devoted father of Christ, your life will be transformed. Your life will be transformed. Those who repent of their sin, believe in Jesus Christ, they'll be saved and changed. You can't claim to be wise in the things of Christ, but then not have been changed by them. He's our source. We're talking about source. He is our source of wisdom. In a couple other places in Scripture, let me just highlight these for you. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, here's what Paul says. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's our source of wisdom. They are hidden in all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. Now here's another verse. Paul goes on to another passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians, and he says this, Brothers and sisters, Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. 
He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him, we're talking about the source, because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom, wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts boast in the Lord. He is the source of our wisdom. God's Word, it's the guidebook of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the instructor. So now, let me talk about seeking wisdom. We talked about the shortage of wisdom. We talked um, here about uh, the source of wisdom. How do we go about seeking wisdom? So listen, I, I, need, I need wisdom. The world needs wisdom. I need wisdom. How do we do it? Now, what I'm asking in, in this question is this. Could it be, of all some of the things that as people we chase after, that wisdom is more important than any other thing that we could strive for in life other than God himself? Could wisdom be more important than, say, seeking wisdom? Could that be more import, important than, say, making a living? Could wisdom be more important than finding fulfillment in a relationship? Would it be more important to find wisdom than becoming somehow uh, renowned in, in some, some kind of a, a field or a trade or um, you know, some, some ability that you have? Could it be that wisdom should be our priority in life next to God? Well, actually, King Solomon seemed to think so. I want you to turn with me back in the Old Testament to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. I love Proverbs chapter 3, by the way, and I've shared this with you before. When, when I needed some wisdom for life, and um, my, my mother was sensing the fact that I, I was... I had knowledge, I had some understanding, but I needed wisdom. I, I was reading the dash, but I didn't really understand, you know, the dash of life, but I didn't really understand all it meant. And I was wrestling through situations that had to do with people and relationships and, and, and how, how do I navigate life. And at one point she sent me this, this passage of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll, he'll direct your paths or He'll make your path straight. She wrote that on a 3 by 5 card. I still have it. It's worn and tattered. I've, it, it's, it's made it through the, the, tran, you know, um, the transfer of many Bibles and different kinds of things, different places where I will keep things, um, notes that she wrote me. Um, powerful, um, powerful truth. And King, King Solomon um, often associated with many of the, the Proverbs um, and, and was a man who, when God asked him, he had a, basically had a blank check. God said, what do you want, Solomon? Um, Solomon is taking over. Um, King David is, is, is passing off of the scene. He, King David, his father, Solomon's father, is providing um, for the temple to be built, but he, he, David didn't build it. Solomon was the one who was responsible for that. And and then he was, he was entering this, this kingship and this long run of, of serving as, as king. 
And basically, God looked at him and said, listen, what do you want, Solomon? What do you need? Ask anything you want. Give him a blank check. And one of the things, he, he could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for, you know, fame or power. But what, you remember what he asked for? He asked for wisdom. Solomon asked for wisdom. And then God was pleased with his request for wisdom. And then he also gave Solomon everything else on top of it. <laughs> um, and look what he says here in, in Proverbs chapter 3. And um, all the way through, wisdom bestows well-being. <laughs> my son, don't forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart. Um, all the way down through. Now, look at verse 7. Be, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. What does wisdom do for you? It brings health to your body, nourishment to your bones. This is, this is Scripture that um, is part of the, you know, the, the poetic literature of, uh, of Scripture. But this, this truth of God's Word, that will bring health to your body, nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Don't, do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. Now watch this. Verse 13, blessed are those who find wisdom. You're blessed when you have wisdom. Could it be that wisdom is more important than anything we seek? Save Jesus. Blessed are those who find wisdom, for those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver. She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with wisdom. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. All her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. The wisdom of the Lord laid the earth's foundation by understanding, he set the heavens in place. So this whole idea of wisdom. Go, go to the next proverb, Proverbs chapter 4. Look at verse 5. Get wisdom. <laughs> Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will call and, and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. She will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Wisdom. Wisdom. Seeking wisdom. Look, when you start seeking wisdom in the same way that you search for gold and rubies and diamonds and dollars, you will find wisdom. Seek wisdom single-mindedly. So how do we receive the wisdom of God? The answer is, you ask for it. You say, how do I seek wisdom? You ask for it. Well, how do I know that he will give it? Because he promised. You can take it to the bank. James 5.1, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. How do you seek wisdom? You ask God for wisdom. And what's, what, what's it say? He gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Now, the idea of the phrase there, there's an interesting phrase there, this is without finding fault. What does that mean? Well, basically what it means is he's not going to scold you for asking for wisdom. He, he wants you to ask. He, he wants you to, uh, to come to him. There, there's no guilt in asking for wisdom. 
God it never, a point it never comes to you and says, listen, um, you, already, you asked for that last week and I gave you some. I mean, what else do you want? God never does that. He's, it's, he, he's not going to accuse you of, of coming too many times. You know, there's times where you might have a, a neighbor who, who asks to borrow a cup of sugar, you know, one too many times. Or maybe at lunch, <laughs> maybe you're, you're, your parents are good at packing a great lunch and there's some kid at school who always wants uh, something out of your lunchbox, right? Or sometimes it's a, it's a neighbor that always wants a favor, or um, maybe it's a spouse who never wants any french fries, but when you order some, <laughs> yeah, you've been there. Love was in the air. You want to hear a Rhonda story? <laughs> hear a Rhonda story? Oh, she was in love with me. I was in love with her. <clears throat> Before it was all over with, she chased me. But I, 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 I got to straighten out here. I'm getting, I'm getting myself in trouble. So here, so we're, you know, back in the day when we didn't have any money, so, uh, you know, it, McDonald's it was. And so, you know, she always ordered double cheeseburger, Coke. Um, and, you know, do you want fries? Well, you know, sometimes fries, sometimes no fries. But I remember a time where, you know, she, she didn't want any fries, but, but I thought I did. And so um, I ordered my, my cheeseburger and her cheeseburger. I ordered my fries. We each got drinks. Um, and I remember it because we were driving somewhere and they were in the middle and all of a sudden my fries started, you know, it's like, I thought you didn't want any fries. Well, okay. It's not that way with God and wisdom. Oh, you want some, you want some wisdom? I'll give you wisdom. Um, well, you asked, you needed wisdom for that situation. Now you want wisdom for a different situation? You see, he, he loves us so much. He wants to help us so much. He's glad when we come asking for more wisdom. In fact, read that with me again. There in James, he simply says, he gives generously to all without finding fault. You need wisdom? Come get wisdom. Seek wisdom. Finally, let me talk about the secret of wisdom. So, well, I, I've asked for wisdom before and... Um, Maybe I've seen other people ask for wisdom. How did it turn out? I want you to see this. There's something necessary to make note of when we ask for wisdom. Watch this. The secret in asking for wisdom is that we do it with a believing heart, a steady mind. Ask, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Do you see it in verse 6? But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. There's a word picture that James gives us to explain what happens there. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. When we lack wisdom, we can ask God for wisdom. He's glad to give it to us, but here's the condition. The, the words double-minded literally means of, of two hearts or two souls. It's, it's supposedly trusting in God while at the same time trusting in something else. Say, God, I need your wisdom in this. 
um, I'm seeking your wisdom, but you know what? Uh, I got plan B over here on the side. I, I, think, I think that somehow my experience or um, maybe the experience of someone else might, might also um, be the thing that I trust. But, or, or, or I'm trusting the world or I'm trusting in myself. One who is still, by the way, one who is still living in unbelief and has not put their faith in God, this person is described as unstable and on their way. So, the, first of all, if you want godly wisdom, you have to settle the issue of who is Lord and Savior of your life. And so you say, listen, well, here, by the way, one of the prayers that God has committed to answer for any, any unbeliever is, you know, God, save me. God commits to answer that prayer. I don't see anywhere in Scripture where he, he's obligated himself to answer any other prayers for, for non-Christian people. Please save me. But now here's what I want, to see to you, I want you to see, for those of you who are part of the family of God, who, who, who love Jesus, who, have, who have, have submitted your life to him, you are in Christ, Christ is in you, you now have opportunities to ask the Father for wisdom, and he will grant you wisdom. So if you don't, if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, asking for wisdom is kind of a futile effort. But once you're a Christian, you have the opportunity and the advantage and the invitation to come to God for wisdom. There are times, I suppose, in the secrets of wisdom, <laughs> we really don't want God um, we, we want his advice, but we really don't want the wisdom of God. Let me say this. When you reject the wisdom of God, you reject God. God is wisdom. So the secret for asking for wisdom is you ask in faith. It's appropriate to ask for faith, to ask in faith, to receive wisdom. Let me explain that. There are times that God leads me to do something, and I don't want to. <laughs> is that honest enough? I don't want to. It's simple enough. I don't want to. He leads me to do it, and I don't want to. There are times that I look um, not to dare or tempt God, but I, there are times just in my own humanness or brokenness, I'll say, God, I'll give you what I got right now. And there are times, to be honest, that sometimes the best I have is a willingness to be made willing to do what God has called me to do. Because sometimes I'm not willing. So I'll back up from that. I've learned to back up and say, God, I'm not willing. But if you can do something about that, if you can do something about my willingness, I give you permission to help me to be willing to be willing to do what you call me to do. I think that's also true with wisdom and asking in faith. One of the secrets for wisdom is you have to ask in faith. I think it's okay to say, God, give me faith. <laughs> give me faith so that I can pray in faith and ask for wisdom. The promise of wisdom is very sure. Wisdom shall be given to those who seek it. There's a secret, though, how you ask. You ask in faith. Now watch this. Here's a... Here's a here, as we think about this, how do we ask in faith? Um, James talks about the freedom to pray. Do you know that as a Christian you have the freedom to pray? Have you ever thought about it that way? If you lack wisdom, 
He says, you should ask God, prayer, who gives generously. You have the freedom to pray and ask for wisdom. What a gracious invitation. You can ask in faith. You come in faith with the freedom of prayer and ask for wisdom. Someone has said this, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. Prayer is laying hold of God uh, with, with willingness. So when we lack wisdom, we don't need to go around wringing our hands. We have the opportunity simply to bend our knees. We have the freedom to pray. By the way, here's some intel that you probably ought to know. Do you know that the devil knows that you have the freedom to pray? But he doesn't want you to know that? I'm telling you. You have the freedom to pray and ask for wisdom. The devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil wants, um, he, he doesn't want your prayers to be answered. The devil does not want your prayers to be answered. And do you know what? He can't do anything about the fact that God answers prayers. But if he can keep you from praying, right? You have not because you ask not. So if he can keep you from praying, he can have the fact. He doesn't want you to know that you have freedom to pray. You need wisdom? You have freedom to pray. As a Christian, you have freedom to pray. God, help me now. Help me now. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. Here's a situation. I have this. I have that. But I need your wisdom. I see what's in front of me, but I need wisdom. I need, I need a deeper understanding. Do you think, does our world need wisdom? Have I, did I build that case strong enough? We need wisdom. We've got a lot of knowledge. It's doubling every 12 hours. But we need wisdom because our knowledge isn't being applied with the view of God in our world. We need wisdom. God answers prayer seeking wisdom, a prayer of faith. God gives liberally. Uh, Hebrews 4, 16, approach God's throne of grace. I love this verse, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You have the freedom to pray. And there's something else in the text here that will help us. Not only is there freedom to pray, but as we've already talked about, faith to pray. Faith to pray. In verse 6, it says, Believe and not doubt. Do not waver in your faith when you ask. And that's so important. Hebrews 11, verse 16 says, "Without Why is it so important to pray in faith? Because Hebrews 11, 6 says this, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. So we, we, we have faith to pray. We have um, you know, the freedom to pray. But I want you to notice one more thing. You have, to, you have to assume something here as well. It's the firmness to pray. A, double mind ma- a double-minded man will not do. If you say one thing with your mouth and say something else in your heart, it will not do. Jesus said, there are people who honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So here's, I love that picture of, of unstable with the waves. It's just like, the waves just, they come crashing. Whichever way the wind is blowing, the waves bounce around. This past summer, Rhonda and Ben and I were in Charleston, and we were um, one day, against my better judgment, drugged to the beach. Um, I did have my cooler. I did have my umbrella. I did have my chair. And I sat back from the, the water at an appropriate um, you know, distance, and just was watching all of this happen. I don't know if it was because 
of the tilt of the axis, you know, of the world spinning, whatever, or if it was that really big boat that was out there. Um, but pretty soon these waves came in, and they and they were just they were just gobbling up the shore, and people were running for cover. And um, I mean, people were having problems, and I was I was having a joyous moment. I mean, I can't say. You know, I, I wasn't, I mean, it, I laughed. It was funny to me. It, I kept it inside, so I think I'm okay with Jesus, but <laughs> stuff was floating away. Billfolds, chairs, clothes, stuff. We just flooded that waves came and got it and just took it away. It was because, see, the waves, the, the waves were, were being tossed. I don't know if it was wind. I don't know, I don't know what all, the, the big boat, I think, came in and just, and just hauled stuff in and hauled stuff out. <sighs> what a, but what a perfect picture of some people's lives who say, you know, um, Lord, give me wisdom. They turn around and do whatever, instead of, instead of understanding, you know, with firmness, following through, here's the wisdom of God, here's what I know is true, here's what I'm gonna follow through on. They, they get drugged in all kinds of directions. A double-minded man won't do. Don't expect to receive wisdom from the Lord if you are like the waves of the sea, blown and tossed about by every whim that comes your way. That's the secret. Pray, freedom to pray for wisdom, faith to pray for wisdom, firmness to pray for wisdom. It was the condition that Christ insisted on in treating um, th those who, who came to him for wisdom. I'm going to ask the team to come. They're going to lead us in our last song. We're talking about wisdom today, folks. In a world where information is doubling every 12 hours, we need wisdom to take what we know and to apply it with the perspective of Christ. Wisdom. Do any of you lack wisdom? Are we afraid sometimes, you think, to ask for wisdom? Do you, but do you know how absurd it is to think that we know everything we need to know. Later in this passage and throughout the book of James, it talks about humility. But that some of the most wise people I know ask for wisdom over and over and over again. Some of the, the people who have an ability who, who God has obviously given them wisdom realize they need wisdom the more and I think about that in your witness life you know the truth of God's word you have a knowledge of him but wisdom helps you apply that when you're standing in front of a friend Lord, what is it that this person needs to hear from me? Lord, how can I witness well in this situation? Is this the right moment? Wisdom. Um, God, here's the truth. Can you show me somehow that it applies to this person's life? In your witness life, you and I need the wisdom of God. 
in our work life. We need the wisdom of God. So, God, how do I work with the situation with this person? How do I, how do I apply um, relational information that I know in getting along with this coworker? Or how do I relate to my boss? Or, God, there's this thing that I'm working on, and, and I have this knowledge, the same knowledge that everyone else has. Lord, I need some wisdom from you. As a Christian, you have the opportunity to pray and ask God for wisdom. Lord, help us to work this out. In your work life, my work life, I need the wisdom of God. How many of us could benefit from a little wisdom in our wedded life? Um, we used to teach this to our kids. Um, you always need to tell the truth, but you don't always need to be telling the truth. Scripture says, even a fool is thought wise if they keep his mouth shut. <laughs> Some things sometimes would be better not to say, hmm, you know what, I see a problem here. Your honey don't like that. In our wedded life, a little wisdom will go a long way. What about your war life? I think about the fact that we're in a battle. We see it, what's happening in Ukraine. We see what's happening in Israel. We understand that idea of war. But there's a war that you and I can't see. Principalities, powers, rulers of this dark age. You can't see that. But in our war life, we need wisdom. Say, God, what do I need here to help me navigate this piece of my life? Wisdom. Lord, you said that if we needed wisdom, you wouldn't consider us dumb. You wouldn't hold it against us. You'd hold us up. You'd give us wisdom. Help us, Lord. We ask for wisdom today in all the situations of our life. That you'd make us wise. That you'd give us wisdom to go with whatever knowledge that you've given to us. Help us to grow in wisdom. To trust you for it. To acknowledge you as our source. And live as wise people called, equipped to do whatever you say by your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Summit Church Podcast. Again, if you have questions, visit us at summitniles.com. Now go and be the church in the world.